0: We've been in a series, one thing. Have you enjoyed the series? Has it challenged you? I pray that it has. We've taught you about inner healing that leads to hope. And some inner healing took place on our team this week. And what you felt in here during worship was different because of that inner healing. It matters what God does on the inside of you. When God heals your orphan spirit, delivers you from strongholds, it has a kingdom impact on everybody that you're related to or come in contact with. And God can do a new thing in your life if you will just focus on the one thing that he's called you to in this season. It is my prayer that you've discovered your identity, moved into intimacy, and that today you're ready for kingdom productivity. Those of you who have the uh, Martha spirit, those of you who love to do and to work hard, you're going to enjoy today's message. But I put this message last for a reason, because if you aren't healed on the inside, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if your focus is not where it needs to be, then you need to get that right before you move into your purpose. See, many of us move into doing and never understand being. You'll never be able to do anything in the kingdom of God that will last if you don't first know who you are in Christ and you don't heal from your past wounds. You don't forgive those that have hurt you. You don't move forward in the kingdom by forgiving those things and moving past those things which are behind you and pressing forward to those things that are in front of you. This is a very special text to me personally because the first time I ever preached, I was 17 years old, and I preached in Hamilton Place Mall to 35 women's at the Women's Aglow. It was me and another guy you've heard of in the city named Kevin Wallace, and we were the preachers that day, and the power of God hit Hamilton Place, and I was 17, Kevin was 20, And uh, God used that day in a powerful way But I love this particular passage of scripture Because I love the apostle Paul I believe perhaps he was the greatest Christian That ever walked the face of the earth The beatings he took The hundreds of thousands of people he led to the Lord And through his writings The millions of people That have come to the saving knowledge Of the grace of Jesus Christ Since he's been gone Is astounding to me To go from a religious Intellectual, educated Pharisee that cheered on the murder of Christians to becoming a sold out follower for Jesus Christ who had penned the words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul wrote our text today from a prison cell, chained to a Roman guard. You could imagine the smell, imagine an occasional rat crawling across his foot. Just a few hours of daylight he was granted during the day. And he would pin these words to the church at Philippi, which he loved very much. He loved them because they had recently sowed a significant seed for his legal counsel and for the needs that he had while in prison. So even then, people were being generous and the kingdom was being advanced. I want to talk to you this morning about the one thing you do or that we do. It is now time to move from being to doing. This message is a graduation message for those of you who have taken the time to heal on the inside and those of you who have focused on your one thing. What do I do, Pastor Ronnie, now that I'm healed, now that I'm whole? Everybody say, press on. Press on. Press on. Philippians was known as the joy epistle. That was the common thing is that even in the midst of suffering you could have joy. Even in the midst of heartache you could have joy. Even knowing that you are going to be martyred and chained to a prison guard, you can have joy. Even in the midst of poverty you can have joy. Joy has nothing to do with outward circumstances. Joy is about inward contentment. And if Jesus has healed you on the inside, you ought to have some joy. Amen. Joy in tomorrow, joy that one day we'll be reunited with our lost loved ones, joy that we can have purpose, joy that we have breath, joy that we get to worship Jesus. I tell you, today's not about ghosts and goblins to me. It's about the Lord God Almighty, and I'm ready to lift him up. In Philippians 3 It begins with a warning to the church about evil workers, called them dogs, and it mentions Christ Jesus, and it talks about legalism. Paul would say, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so, and then he's basically giving his resume here. He says, Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church concerning the righteousness which is the law, blameless. And now, verse 7, chapter 3. But what things were gained to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count all things lost. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord For whom I have suffered the loss of all things And count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ And be found in him Everybody say inner healing Not having my own righteousness See justification is about what Jesus did Not what you can do Which is from the law But that which is through faith in Christ The righteousness which is from God by faith That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. That I may know him intimately. That I may know God. Powerful stuff. And the fellowship, nobody raise your hand for this one, of his sufferings. If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, you're going to face unfair circumstances. As a parent, I've tried to protect my kids as best I could from unfair circumstances, but you can't protect them. Because there are only certain lessons God will bring through unfair circumstances. You'll never be the person God's called you to be if you haven't learned how to deal with an unfair circumstance, if you haven't learned how to suffer in the midst of crisis or controversy. Being conformed to his death. You see, dead people aren't offended. Dead people aren't jealous. Dead people don't hold grudges. Dead people don't gossip. Dead people don't commit sexual sins. They're dead. Being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, here we go not that I have already attained. Paul would say, look, I'm not there yet. I haven't been glorified. I don't have my new body yet. Or I'm already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. How many of you would say Jesus has laid hold of me? I mean, I don't know about you, but Jesus, when I was at my worst, he took hold of me, amen? He took me out of the pit and brought me To dry ground. He took me from being a nobody to being a somebody because of His grace and His mercy. Jesus will change your direction. He will change your purpose. He will change your family legacy, all with one decision to press on. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but here we go. But one thing, everybody say one thing, I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this chapter is so rich with doctrine. In just a few short verses, there are three great doctrines listed here that you need to be aware of. The first one is the doctrine of justification. What is justification? It is just as if you've never sinned. Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, he has made you accepted into the beloved. And it's no longer about how good you are. It's about how good God is. This is one form of salvation. That it is the finished work of Jesus Christ, nothing more, nothing less. And because of what Jesus has done, you can walk in joy, even if you're chained to a prison guard. Because of what Jesus has done, you don't have to strive in the flesh anymore. Because of what Jesus has done, you don't have to walk in religion. You can walk in divine relationship. Because of what Jesus has done, you can live free and fully alive. That is the gospel of grace. It doesn't need my help, and it doesn't need your help, and it. Doesn't need a denomination's help, for it is by grace we've been saved. You've been found not guilty according to the book of Romans. Jesus stepped in front of the judge and took your punishment for you. The next is sanctification. Now this is also a part of salvation and this is where it gets confusing to some people because these are not at odds with one another but the fact is when you have been justified that leads you into sanctification which is the process of being set apart and brought into maturity. It is the process of being set apart by God and brought into maturity sanctification, you don't want to know how long it lasts? Your whole life. Your whole life. You've never arrived. You've never achieved. God's going to keep chipping stuff off you. You're going to keep learning from your mistakes. You're going to keep growing. Your morals are going to change the longer you worship Jesus. He just over time begins to mold you and then third glorification. Then at the end of the race, at the end of the journey, at the end of the fight, Satan thinks he wins and you die. But then after judgment, you receive glorification. And then the salvation experience which may have started for you as a little child ends with a glorified body in a new Jerusalem. And all the sin that plagued you and beat you down has now been left in a cursed state, and you receive your new body, a glorified, resurrected body, and you finally come into the fullness of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I believe that perseverance is one of the greatest attributes of any Christian. It is when you say, I'm sticking with my marriage, I'm sticking with my church, I'm sticking with my faith, I'm sticking with what I believe God's called me to do. It's not always pretty but it is the ability to press on when you don't feel like it, to go on when you don't feel like it, to move on when you don't feel like it, to dig your feet in when you don't feel like it. This church is here today because early believers that now have bricks on our legacy walk, the founding 12 members of this church are out there listed on bricks. They decided that they wanted to move from what is now Hickson First Baptist over here to a more centrally located place. Because those early saints believed back in the 40s and 50s that one day this piece of real estate would be better equipped to reach people. And they were right. Right. Because now, I love Hickson First Baptist, I'm not hating, but it's buried behind a Walmart. Those early saints voted unanimously that the church would move here, and then just like religion, people rose up and said, never mind, pastor, we voted, we'd move, but we don't want to anymore. So then a remnant came here, right? They didn't have the money, so they built a little church, and they couldn't even finish it it was called the tar paper church. They had black soot on the outside and people made fun of this church, called it a poor church, called it a tar paper church. There's still newspaper articles. This was the laughing stock of all religion. I don't know of any church that's been made fun of for being poor than be accused of being rich. We've had both. Over the years, from Pastor Bramlett all the way to myself, through my father, there was a tenacity to not quit. When scandal came, they didn't quit. When financial heartache came, they didn't quit. When people rose against them and lied against, against this church, People wouldn't quit. They dug their feet in. They said, come hell or high water. This is where God called us. In the 60s, a famous evangelist said, this is sovereign ground. We stand on. And that if all you have to do is look at how much the devil has attacked this church and attacked this ground to know that God's hand is on it. And I'm blessed to pastor it. I'm blessed to serve it. I may not be the last pastor, but I'm going to enjoy every minute I can to serve Jesus in this sovereign place. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but you're blessed to be here. We're blessed to be here for such a time as this. This is holy ground. No amount of controversy, demonic activity, lies. None of those things have been able to stop what God sovereignly planned for this place and these people. Some cheering in heaven, some sitting in here. Somebody say we're on holy ground. Today we, got, we went from poverty to a campus worth over $30 million. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. So I want to challenge you to do what our saints have done for this place the last 70 years. Number one, press on with the right perspective. Press on with the right perspective. What does progress mean? What is the definition of progress? It is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Only the Apostle Paul could say, this one thing I do, and then give three things. But the first two are actually what you have to do to accomplish the one thing, which is to press on. So what do you have to do, right, to move forward in your life. If you're tired of where you are, and it could, it could be a hundred different things depending on where you are in your walk with Christ. It could be you're tired of being addicted and you're gonna make a decision to forget those things which are behind, put some energy in and press toward the things which are ahead because you don't wanna live like your parents lived. You don't wanna live like what was handed to you. It could be you're tired of poverty You're tired of settling for what has always been and so you're forgetting those things which are behind you and pressing toward the things which are ahead. Maybe you're tired of religion and you want something authentic in your relationship with Christ. Same principle, forgetting those things which are behind, pressing toward those things which are ahead. You are not, defined by your past, say that with me. I'm not defined by my past. And this isn't just about past sins. Everyone preaches this text, past sins. Yeah, the apostle Paul committed some heinous crimes when he was a Pharisee. He had past sins. but This isn't just about past sins. This is some of you who are still stuck in 1984 You have a religious mindset and you don't even know it. You're living in yesterday's news, yesterday's style. Yesterday, oh, I'm stepping on your feet now. Good, I hope they hurt. You're living in yesterday. Listen, ain't nothing worse than a has-been, a want-to-be, or a gonna-be. I'd rather be anything but one of those. A has-been always lives in what used to be. It was so special. No, it wasn't past is never as good as you celebrate it to be and then a wanna be they're always talking about what they wanna be but they never do anything about it and then a gonna be is always gonna start tomorrow they're always gonna start it tomorrow a has been a wanna be and a gonna be now if you want God you gotta want him in the here and now if you want something from God, he's living in the right now. He's not living in yesterday. He's here right now. You got to get from God what you want to get from God in the now. Pour into another generation. Find a new purpose. Don't just be content with what happened 30 years ago. Are you kidding me? God told Moses, look, you can't see nothing but my backside. We're looking back. All we can see is God's high in end. He's moving so fast. Please. God wants to do something in the now. Press on with the right perspective. The New King James Version rightly translated the word follow by the word press. You got to press. To press toward means to pursue unrelentingly. Press toward is an athletic term and it means to run a race stretching and straining towards the finish line. Now, I played football, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of baseball. Main thing of football, I didn't ever do no track, okay? I heard it takes you 100 yards walking to burn the calories of two M&Ms. I'm not doing that, okay? Y'all have fun, all right? But I had some friends who were great runners and sprinters, and, man, everything from your form, how you start and how you bend and how you fire off and all the way to how you get across that finish line by stretching, all of those fundamentals have to be in play for you to be successful as a sprinter. And the Apostle Paul was aware of the Ithmian games in Rome and he was aware of the Olympics and all of those things. He understood athletics. And what he's saying is the Christian life is much like a race. You've got to do the fundamentals properly in your faith and you have got to pursue God unrelentingly in the things of God. See, so you have to have the right perspective. Paul says, I'm trying to lay hold of that which has already been laid hold of me. I have not arrived. You see, sometimes we as Christians, we allow pride to come in. And yes, we should honor the past, but we can't live there, but we allow pride to, to come in and we think, man, I've been there, done that. I've even said that, haven't you? Y'all have said it, come on. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Y'all have said it. But don't ever minimize what God may be doing for somebody right now because of what he did for you way back when. God's doing things for people right now, and he wants to do things for you. The self-satisfied person becomes the self-interested person. If you're satisfied in where you are with God, then you'll be focused on you, not other people. That's the biggest problem in church. It's all about how do I do my gift and may, me, me, and what I like, and what I feel, and what I heard, and focus supposed to be on other people, not you. Focus supposed to be on the kingdom, not you. Say this with me. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. Say this with me. I'm getting back in the race. Say this with me. God is not through with me yet. Number two, not only press on with the right attitude, press on with the right spirit about the past. Press on with the right spirit. In the Greek language, this doesn't mean we forget the goodness of God, the good times, the good friends, the great works of God. No, absolutely not. It means that we are focused on God in the here and now and where he's taking us. Past accomplishments will not sustain in today's war. Let me say that again for those in the back. Past accomplishments will not sustain in today's war. Past victories will not win today's battle. Past sacrifices will not do for today's needs. Past failures should not define you for the rest of your life. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have a past. All of us. So you have to have the right spirit. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing towards the things which are ahead. Number three, press on with the right attitude towards the present. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward, here we go, glorification. Remember, glorification Justification, sanctification, glorification. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. The phrase reaching forth means literally stretching, straining, sweating with your hands outstretched. There are no easy solutions, there are few forever friends, and very few repeat performances. Nothing can stop someone with the right attitude from achieving their goal. But nothing can help a person with the wrong attitude achieve their goal. Your mindset is very important. We must keep our promises, Abbas House. We're here today because many people that came before us kept theirs. Now it's our time to keep ours. We must dream bigger and pray longer. Let me say that again. We must dream bigger and pray longer. We must disciple people and allow them to lead even when they're not ready to lead. The only way you're gonna learn how to lead is to lead. You fall, you get up, you fall, you get up. We must be willing to sweat for success. You've got to be willing to put in the work, put in the sweat, put in the effort if you want God to do something in your life. You can't allow generational curses, things that have been spoken over you, things that have been said to you, unfair circumstances. What kind of life do you want? That's to somebody watching or somebody in here. What kind of life do you want? Go get it. Go get it. Get after it. Go for it. The victory is in doing. The victory is in trying. The victory is in failing and getting back up. The victory is in having the faith to believe for something when no one else around you believes in it. That's where the victory is. It's not about pass or fail. It's about faith that you believed and were willing to go for it. If you give it your everything and it doesn't happen the way you wanted it to, do you think God cares? No, God's got something better for you. And your faith will bring about a prize in glory. I close here. We must press on with the right mindset towards the prize. Maybe nothing has gone the way you wanted it to on this earth. Maybe nothing has gone your way. Maybe you've got a three-page list of things that just haven't been fair in your life. I get it. I had a list like that at one time. I could convince you with my list. But let me tell you this. God's bigger than your list. God's bigger than your struggles. God's bigger than your hurt, your pain. And if you'll put your eyes on him, if you'll put your mind on him, Set your mind on the things above, Paul would say in a later epistle, not on earthly things. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. The right mindset. Perspective is what you do with the present. Mindset is where you're going in your future. Mindset. You got to be tough-minded. I'm talking about mental toughness. And Christians, you listen to me. We've got to stop being the most sissified religion in the world. I'm telling you, when you look at our Islamic cohorts, I don't believe in what they believe. I think most of it's demonic and not of God. But let me tell you, they believe it. We can't even get Christians to come to church. You need mental toughness, tenacity, teeth gritting, old school. I'm not giving up toughness. It's I give you a lemon, you make lemonade out of it. You take a mess and turn it into a message. You take your pain and you make it your purpose. I'm talking about the ability to say they tried to kill me, but I'm still standing. They tried to defeat me, but I'm still standing. They talked all kinds of hell about me, but I'm still standing doing what God's called me to do. They left me at my weakest, but I'm still standing. No weapon formed against me can prosper. One thing about my walk with the Lord is before I was, Even on the verge of sanctification, I learned how to be a crew, how to fight from some tough friends. And I'll tell you this, I may not have fought fair, but if you were with me and my people, we were together. And I want to see God do that in the church. We build each other up. We have each other's back. We don't let anybody attack one of us or they got to fight all of us, amen? I'm talking about Holy Ghost unity. Our mindset should be where our citizenship is. Early in this chapter, this is what it says, verse 15. I'll close here. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, everybody say mind, And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Everybody say unity. Unity. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. But here we go. Stand on your feet. Y'all put verse 20 up for me. Let's read this together. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. To him be glory in the church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Give God a shout of praise. I choose to press on today. I choose to forget those things which are behind me and press toward to the things in my future. Bow your head and close your eyes. If you're hearing this message and the Lord's calling you to salvation and you've realized I'm justified that what Jesus Christ did on that cross was for me and you want to be saved today, I want to lead you in a prayer. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, have his house, help me. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, you can register on our app or you can come meet me over at the Next Steps area with our team right after service. I'd love to pray with you and meet you. For the rest of you, how many of you say, Pastor Ronnie, I'm in a transitional season and I know God has something else for me out there in my future and I need prayer to press on. If that's you just raise your hand all over the place. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in agreement with your spirit and I speak a destiny over that this house and those who raise their hands. Lord, I speak a prosperous future, a healthy future, a blessed future, a determined future. Lord, send the resources that they need to do what you've called them to do. Lord, connect them with your sovereign will and purpose. Lord, give them the freedom to do what you've called them to do. Lord, we speak joy unspeakable and full of glory in this house today, that they'll serve with joy, that they'll love others, that they'll walk with the right mindset and that through the power, the doormous power of your spirit, something in them will rise, causes them to press on forgetting those things which are behind them and reaching forward to those ahead. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm moving forward. I'm not looking behind me anymore. I'm moving forward. Give God a shout of victory. Look forward to hanging out with y'all today for lunch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.